Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on more compelling talk radio, 1320 WILS. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Lee. Rick, we have with us as a returning guest at the table for this week's special show, a lady who I'd say she needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce her anyway. If you want a pet expert in the area, we've got one. She's Sue Sellers Rose. She is a AKC judge. She is a breeder. She is a former MSU professor. And the truth is, when it comes to the history of dogs and breeding in this area, I dare say there aren't too many people who are her senior. Welcome back to the show, Sue Rose. Good morning. It's nice to be here. Real quickly, real quick. She's also a fish keeper. She's also a fish keeper and a pond keeper, yes. and we will give her credit, and a zoo expert, too. <laughs> yes, yes. We will give her yes. credit in all yeah. of her areas. Yeah, there you go. But today- Well, probably all that we know of. Exactly. But today, we're going to tap on the area of expertise that I know is near and dear to her heart, which is the upcoming Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, which, Sue, if I'm not mistaken, you have pretty much attended, dating back, I want to say, going to the first Star Wars movie back in the late <laughs> 70s, if I had to time it right. Yeah, I think it's like 33 or 34 years. <laughs> well, and and frankly, to be someone that dedicated to attend the shows every year, there's a lot that uh, you get out of it. And frankly, uh, we're going to talk with you in our final segment today about kind of why you have been going so often and what all it is that you do get out of it. But Uh, We also wanted to include you today in talking with David Fry, who is going to be our guest on the show, who is unfortunately going to be at this point doing his last Westminster Kennel Club dog show. He left the Westminster Kennel Club the end of last year and is now working for NBC. So the good news is on Thanksgiving Day, we get him for that dog show, but there's no guarantee what happens after this year's Westminster. So we're going to talk with David. But before we get into that, Rick, I understand you've gotten some good news. Old Town has decided that you're the man again. Tell the folks what happened. No, it's just the uh, annual meeting at, uh, it's like an annual party that happens to also be a annual meeting for the OTCA, which is the Old Town Commercial Association. And I'm uh, another, I'm a board member again. There, oh, We have uh, more than half of our board members uh, kind of expired their terms. So you know, some of us could be reelected, some of us couldn't, and we got a whole new tribe of individuals coming in to Kind of help out Old Town, make good things happen there. Well, it's, it's it's home turf for me. Well, there's a lot of growth that has gone in that area, and it's gone from being what a lot of people consider to be a no-go zone to becoming now arguably one of the most popular areas in all of Lansing and certainly one of the fastest growing. So kudos to you and the other business people in that area. But frankly, if Bruce Pets isn't the flagship of the Old Town shopping area, I don't know what store is. So good for you. Now we've just got to make sure you don't lose your title as the chief advocate because by 
bottom line is we can't have you losing ground. It looks bad on us. So uh, we need to keep that going. But uh, in terms of the dog show this week, Rick, I've got to tell you, this is if not my favorite show of the year, it's certainly very close because, again, this is the sixth year in a row that we have had David Fry come on the show with us. And the fact that he chooses a little radio talk show in Lansing, Michigan, is really amazing. Well, do you have like a little vistage tail back there wagging right now? Is it, <laughs> is it, is, is it your, is your, your big show, huh? Well, it's just very interesting because in the next week, if you pay attention to media, you're going to see David Fry all over the Today Show, Good Morning America. He's going to be all over CNN and Fox and all of the various TV shows talking about this upcoming Westminster show. And I don't think there are a lot of local radio shows to which he's bothering to extend his time. True. But thank goodness, yeah. uh, for some reason, he likes us. I still haven't figured out why, but he does. <laughs> so we're grateful. It's, it must be like the Wizard of Oz. He probably th- Probably thinks we're a much bigger show than it is, right? Well, you never know. Or it could be that we've had on with us during interviews like this, either experts like Sue Sellers-Rose, who's with us today, or Carol Bergman, who uh, won Best in Show at Westminster with her newfie Josh back in 2004, which is the most recent mid-Michigan uh, winner. We did have Sadie from Mackinac Island, who won in 2010, but but at the end of the day, uh, when we bring on experts who have done pretty well there, maybe he gives us some credit. Yeah. And we appreciate it. So they, I think they call that street cred. Uh, you might be right. <laughs> so that's where we're going to go with this week's show. We'll talk with David Fry with Sue Sellers Rose in the studio to help us in the questions this week on the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Yeah, this is a story of famous dog. The dog that chases its tail will be busy. These are happy dogs, rhythmic dogs, harmonic dogs, house dogs, street dogs, dogs of the world unite. Now, more of the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on more compelling talk radio, 1320 WILS. We're back here with the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we have with us on the line as a returning guest for the sixth straight year, we've got with us David Fry, who is the TV voice of the Westminster Dog Show going back 27 years. Welcome back to the show, David. Thank you. Always nice to be on with you guys. Oh, it's always our pleasure to have you on the show. David, the 27th time around at Westminster, tell me what's going to happen this year. Well, you know, we're doing pretty much the same thing every year. It's just we've got new players every year, so so that's what makes it fun. I mean, we've got seven new breeds this year to start with, and and then uh, some new great dogs that have had uh, wonderful years in the show ring and, and are going to come strut their stuff uh, here at, in New York City at, at the World's Greatest Dog Show. And we think it's going to be fun for everybody, whether they're watching on television at home or coming here and wandering through the benching area or, or uh, sitting in the stands at the garden and watching the finals. Well, I guess the first order of business, I think, would be, you say there's seven new breeds. 
How much excitement about that is there? That sounds like a good number to kind of jump on. I, I usually think of two or three that you usually bring on. Is there any particular breed that's uh, that's stirring up some uh, excitement? Oh, I think it's still sort of in the curiosity stage. You know, when I started doing the show in 1990, we had 142 breeds and varieties. And with the seven new breeds this year, that gives us 199 Right. Uh, breeds and varieties. So uh, so that makes it fun. It's always fun to watch these new breeds come in, but I think, uh, you know, they're probably not going to be much of a factor in the competition uh, at the group level or for best in show just because the judges are still getting to know about them, still getting uh, learning about them. So I think it'll take a little while for them to sort of pay their dues and, and be recognized. Any peculiarities about any of the new breeds? Yeah, I think we've got seven breeds that are all sort of unique that uh, that are a little different than what we've seen. Uh, one of the new, the first new breed is a, is a dog from the sporting group, the Lagoto Romagnolo, that uh, has kind of a curly-coated dog that w- was originally a hunting dog, like all the dogs in the sporting group. But uh, now it's sort of migrated over to have a very specific purpose, and that is as the world's champion truffle hunter. Oh. You know, truffles truffles in this day and age uh, are, are a dining delicacy and are actually worth more per ounce than gold. So if you've got a great truffle dog that can go out and find the truffles, which these dogs do, they find the truffles, they dig them up, they don't damage them, they leave the unripe truffles alone, and they bring the truffles back to you. So, uh, my God, uh, Danny Meyer, the, the, one of the world's greatest restaurateurs here in New York City, he has a Lagoto. I don't know that he uses it, but for truffle hunting, but the symbolism there is it's pretty unique. And, and that, so that's kind of a fun dog. And, and because of the work he does, he's got a fairly big nose and, and a great temperament and personality about it, uh, you know, trying to please the owner by finding truffles. So that's our new sporting dog. Uh, in, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of talk about it. They go truffling all the time. We've got dogs that are entered, Legotos that are entered, that, that go truffling, as they say, and uh, actually travel around the world to, to conferences and competitions. So that'll be great fun for us to talk about. Well, I think you'd get more attention here in Michigan if they could be actually a morel mushroom type hunter. <laughs> you know, maybe they can branch out a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. The uh, new dog in the, we have one new dog in the hound group. It's the Cherneco Dalletna, which, as it sounds like, is from Italy. Uh, looks a little bit in the Middle East. It looks a little bit like a fer- like a, a smaller version of a feral hound, with those pointed ears and a beautiful orange red coat. Um, great hounds. They're sight typical sight hounds in, in what their mission is and the, and the things that they do. So uh, that's our hound. In the working group, we have the Borble which is a magnificent-looking uh, working dog that's you know, used mostly for security and kind of general farm, uh, general farm stuff. Excuse me while a New York ambulance goes by. Um, <laughs> uh, but they're great dogs. They look very solid, very sturdy, and they'll get your attention uh, 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 when you see them. Magnificent dog. Um, we have, uh, that's three, we have four new breeds from the, from the uh, Hurden group. One of them is the Bergamasco, which is a, a corded dog. They actually don't call them cords in the Bergamasco, they call them flocks, but 
they're a herding dog from the Alpine region, you know, northern Italy and France and Switzerland through there. Um, a little bit of the image of the Commodore, except the, the, these flocks are, are formed slightly differently, but pretty much the same. A great, great dog, uh, not as big as they look, about 50 pounds maybe, and, and great fun. Um, we have a Spanish water dog, which is kind of a, a general farm dog, working dog, herding dog. Um, they're really not, they don't have much to do with water anymore. They're more into general farm work, but they're uh, another curly-coated, tight-coated dog. Um, then we've got the uh, Berger Picard. If you ever saw the movie uh, um, Winn-Dixie, there's another word in there, too, what, uh, remembering Winn-Dixie or something like that. The star of that movie, all of dog people know that the stars of the movies like that are the dogs, but the star of that movie was a Berger Picard, which Berger is the French word for, for herd, for, uh, for pasture, actually, and, and uh, the Picard is the region of France where it's from, northern France, uh, uh, Picard, and uh, they're a wonderful-looking dog. I have a shaggy, rough, unkempt appearance to them. I think a lot of people saw them in the movie and thought maybe they were a mystery dog, but uh, that's not the case. So you'll get to see uh, you'll get to see that dog, that breed. Awesome. And then, uh, well, who am I leaving out here? I got the Picard, the um, the miniature American Shepherd, which looks like a miniature Australian Shepherd, except okay. it was developed in this country. The miniature, I mean, the Australian Shepherd, the full size dog was developed in this country, but they still called them the Australian Shepherd. So when they sized mm. them down a little bit, they said now's the time to change it to American Shepherd. But they are a, uh, they're like the Aussie, and they, they have this, they're beautiful, coated, wonderful dogs that are very bright and, and hardworking. So there's my seven. I didn't mean to go on forever, but when they give us seven new breeds, got a total of 199 breeds and varieties now. So uh, we're going to have certainly something for everybody. Well, I'm impressed with your pronunciations. You've been doing your homework. <laughs> we're speaking this morning. We're speaking this morning with David Fry, who is the announcer for the upcoming Westminster Dog Show, which is going to appear both on CNBC as well as on USA. And David, if I put you through your annual uh, trick, where I turn you into a Las Vegas odds maker, give me an idea of. Who are the dogs that are going to stand out? Who are your favorites that we should be following in this year's show? A lot of nice dogs out there, and, and I, you know, I'm supposed to like them all, of course. But <laughs> I think two of the dogs that, that really are are the dogs to watch. It doesn't mean there won't be others, but certainly you would start with these two. One is the Sky Terrier named Charlie, who was actually the reserve best in show last year uh, to the Beagle, and. Uh, a beautiful Sky Terrier, top winning Sky Terrier in the history of the breed. Done a lot of winning, top 10 dog for the last several years. And uh, uh, will certainly be a factor. You know, in a show that's dominated by Terriers, he certainly uh, has a lot going for him. Uh, the number one dog in the country, however, in the past year, uh, defeating more dogs in dog shows throughout the course of the year, was a, a beautiful, magnificent German Shepherd named Rumor. And uh, Rumor just won uh, the, the AKC in, a National Dog Show in December and uh, has won a lot of bests and, and is doing great things. So 
I would look for those two to certainly be amongst the final seven standing out there in the ring. I forgot to tell you, too, that uh, the Sky Terry just was best in show at the National Dog Show presented by Purina on Thanksgiving Day that a lot of people saw. 25 million people watching that show. I'm sure a lot of people know who that Sky Terrier is. And then I, we got some other great dogs, too. I, there's, you know, there's two toy dogs that are going to have a, have a real battle, and, and who knows if maybe that battle doesn't uh, allow another, dog, another toy dog to come in there, but there's a beautiful Shih Tzu and a beautiful Pomeranian that have been doing a lot of winning uh, around the country. Got a great Brittany coming out of the sporting group. That's, of course, one of my breeds. Um, I think that might be one of the dogs to watch as well. So a beautiful boxer, a great Sammy Ed coming out of the working group. Um, but, you know, we always say the only thing as far as the competition goes, the only surprise at Westminster is if there are no surprises. That would be a surprise. So it's easy to sit here and say, these are the top dogs. Here's the number one dog in the country coming in. I think in the 27 years that I've done the show, that, that it, it maybe, maybe 10 of those years has the number one dog coming in actually gone best in show. Wow. And, and frankly, it becomes fairly unpredictable, though I've noticed in recent years that the Beagle breed has done extremely <laughs> well. What's up with that? Well, how about that? We've had uh, all of a sudden we've gone from having no beagles ever won. Now we've had two of them win. Of course, with Miss P winning last year in 2015, and the inimitable—I can hardly even say that word. I can say oh, all no. these French breed names, but but I can hardly say inimitable. <laughs> uh, the inimitable Uno, of course, and you knew that in right. 2008. Uno's 10 years old. He's—I I believe we're working on getting him to town for the festivities this week, this year. So. Uh, he might be fun to see. But, yeah, how about that? Two beagles. Um, we now have five hounds that have won. And Miss P, the winner last year, is a grand niece of Uno. So um, we think that's what it's all about, too, is that, you know, that, that we are looking in dog shows for superior breeding stock and, and hopefully the dogs that will produce the next generation of happy, healthy dogs that will be successful in the show ring and also be successful as your dog sitting on the couch next to you at home. Right. And, David, if we can do a little housekeeping, when exactly is the show going to be on and on what channel so people can watch? It's on Monday and Tuesday night, February 15th and 16th at 8 o'clock live Eastern time. It's uh, on Monday night. It's on CNBC, and on Tuesday night it's on USA Network. So, uh, and it repeats a few times. Check your local listings, as they say, to, to find out exactly the time in your in your time zone, and then look for rebroadcasts too. So, you'll have a couple of different chances to to see the show. Right. And now one of the things that I know that you had uh, added more recently in the past few years was also the online broadcast. So people can watch more of the show online than even just the broadcast at night, correct? That's right. Go to WestminsterKennelClub.org and you can see streaming video of the breed competition. Every single one of those 199 breeds over the course of two days you get a chance to see it. There's no commentary with it, but you can go there. And if you want to see one of the 42, if you want to see the 42 labs that are competing to become the one lab that you see on television in the group, you can go online and see that. It's a, it's a great uh, addition to what we've been doing here with this great dog show.
Now, in addition to that, you also had the other competitions going on at the piers uh, going on as well the weekend before. So should be a great weekend in store. But, David, if we can, we need to take a quick break. We'd like to hold you over because there's been big news in your life with the move to NBC. And so we'd like to talk with you a little bit about that as well as Angels on a Leash, which is something that a lot of people don't know about David Fry. So we'll have that conversation with David Fry, the TV voice of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show for 27 years. And he's joining us again. So we'll be right back after the break on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Hey, got some ideas for a show? Questions? Maybe suggestions? Just email us, mmpets at 1320wils.com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash mmpets. Cats and dogs are not our friends. They just pretend, they just pretend it's just the pet experts are in this is the mid-michigan pet expert talk show on more compelling talk radio 1320 wils it's 9 35 and we're back here with the mid-michigan pet expert talk show and we've been talking this morning with david fry who is the longtime announcer for the westminster kennel club dog show and as of the end of 2015 is now with nbc but before we get into that transition david David, what else is going on at the Westminster Show that people got to make sure that they don't miss? Well, separately, but as part of the Westminster weekend, we've got the Masters Agility Championship for the third year that's on Saturday. And that's, uh, you know, an exciting competition where the dogs are running through obstacles and, and uh, it's, it's a timed competition. Yeah, to go from point A to point B, negotiate the obstacles, and uh, get there successfully to the other end. They're led through it by their partner. Uh, they're off-leash, of course, but it's a very exciting thing for all of us uh, who love doing things with our dogs. Has, has that increased in its attendance? It has. It, I mean, it's, 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 beloved. it's beloved by the by the spectators, and, and, uh, and we think it's a, the fastest way. It is the fastest growing sport in the AKC with their activities, so... Um, so it's great. We love that. Fantastic. And David, in terms of the obedience training that's taking on, when is that event going to be taking place? That's that's going to take place Monday at the piers as part of along with the breed competition. So uh, that'll be an exciting time for us because it's a, it's a new part of what we're doing. It adds to. Westminster is is kind of having everything about the dog shows, the the sport of dogs uh, involved in in our events. So we're excited about that. Happy to have that. Well, it should be a great event this year with you behind it and doing the announcing again. But David, you made a decision at the end of last year to leave the Westminster Kennel Club and join NBC. Tell our listeners about what you did and why you did it. Well, I think as everybody, uh, dog show people would know and, and dog show fans on television know that I've done the national dog show presented by Purina 
for all 14 years of its existence, too, since 2002. And that's been a big part of what I'm doing. That's with NBC Live, or uh, not on not Live, but on Thanksgiving Day with my partner, John O'Hurley. And, and we've had a great time doing that. I'm just going to expand what I'm doing there and maybe do some other projects uh, working full-time for NBC. So... Uh, it breaks my, it, it really is a sad moment for me. I'm sure I'll be very melancholy about 10 o'clock on, on the next Tuesday night, the 16th, as I look back on 27 years. But I'm not leaving the dog show world. I'm still going to be around, and I'm, I'm still going to be a part of, of uh, promoting the dogs in our lives and helping lead the celebration uh, of, of those dogs in our lives. So I'm excited about what NBC has in front of me, and, and uh, we're going to do great things continuing to promote dogs uh, in the things that they do for us. Now, am I right you live in that area, or will this be uh, a rare visit to New York after this? No, I'm, I'm living, I've moved to New York uh, about, about 12 years ago now, and I've been living here full-time. My wife is the Catholic chaplain and director of family support for the Ronald McDonald House here in New York City for pediatric oncology patients. Uh, we have a great life in New York, and... and uh, I'll be working, I'll continue to work here from New York. We're still, uh, of course, as the founder and president of my wonderful charity, Angel on a Leash, um, which is a big part of what I do every day now, too. Wait, go ahead and describe specifically what Angel on a Leash is. Well, we are promoting the use of therapy dogs in healthcare facilities, and uh, we, we train and gather and assemble uh, and create therapy dog programs in healthcare facilities around the country. And, uh, and I volunteer myself with my own dogs, which is a huge part of my life. I'm actually standing at the NYU Langone Medical Center, uh, where I was at an orientation meeting. I started volunteering here with my dog, Grace. Grace and Angel and I already visit at the VA hospital here in New York and at the Ronald McDonald House and, and have been at, uh, we have been at the, uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center and a number of other places too. Now, David, one question I've always had for you that I've never asked you is, where does your passion for dogs come from? Is this something you've always had, or is this a professional development? It, it, well, it is professional and personal development, but, you know, I never did have a dog growing up as a, as a child. We didn't have a dog in our family. And when, uh, when I went to college, in college, I went to live in my own house and my girlfriend said let's get a dog and I said oh yeah okay you know guys that say anything to their girlfriends <laughs> and I said sure let's get a dog what kind and she said how about an Afghan hound I said what the hell is that <laughs> I had no idea we got the Afghan hound and and uh, three weeks later, the girl left and the dog stayed, and it was the best thing that could have ever happened to all of us. <laughs> but but uh, I went on and met a lot of people in Afghan Hounds, got involved with showing Afghan Hounds. I uh, had a great dog that uh, did a lot of winning named uh, Storm Hills, who's Zuma, who, who retired as the top winning female in the history of the breed. And uh, that's how I came to meet uh, the people who were involved with the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. So, um, so it was a great thing that that, 
that that now departed girlfriend did for me back then. Well, the only mistake I think that you probably made is not convincing her to let you get Oregon season football tickets at the same time you agreed to take the dog because you gave up your leverage on that deal. <laughs> well, you know, my father was the football coach at the University of Oregon for 17 years. So, so I still have some leverage there. They just named a room after him in the new Nike football center at, at in Eugene at Austin Stadium. So we went back for that celebration. So um, I still got. I'm, in fact, I'm wearing an, an Oregon Duck shirt today. So um, that will never. That will never not be a part of my life. <laughs> well, there's no such thing as an ex duck. Well, that's true. Well, David, we want to wish you the best of luck and congratulate you on your new move to NBC. We want to thank you for your time that you've spent with us and for all the work that you do for dog shows in the dog industry. Uh, and we look forward to talking with you again. Well, thank you very much, all of you, Sue. We'll look forward to seeing you. Uh, Steve and Lee, it's always nice to talk to you guys. Travel safe, Sue. We'll see you soon, and, and let's stay in touch. I'm going to be doing dog things. We're still going to be able to talk about dog shows and the great things that dogs do for us every day in our life. So uh, I look forward to more of the same. Well, we're going to keep doing that. Thank you very much, David Fry, and we'll continue right after the break on the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Now back to two guys who are rendered useless if you scratch their belly. You're listening to the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show with Rick Pruse and Lee Cohen on 1320 WILS. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And joining us today has been Sue Sellers-Rose, who's been in the studio helping us with questions. And Sue, now we'd like to turn our conversation to you because what the heck has possessed you into traipsing over to New York City in the middle of winter for 33 straight years to go to the Westminster Dog Show? Well, there's a lot of things that get you going. You have to understand I've been judging for about 35 years. Okay. This show brings the creme de creme of dogs. And if you want to set your mind's eye for what the best dog of a breed looks like, where do you go? You go to Westminster. So that's that's the main thing about this particular one is it's is it the culminating show throughout the year is it kind of meant to be the crescendo? Um it is for the people who are dealing with this. Uh, individual breeders feel if they can win at Westminster, they've done a, a good job with what they're doing. They've produced an animal that follows the breed standard, that is built the way it needs to be built. She moves the way she should move and has the attitude she should have for the breed she is. Now, when it comes to the judging at Westminster, this is a bench show, correct? It is a bench show. And what does that mean exactly for folks who may not be as familiar with dog shows? Okay. Most shows are what we call uh, come and go. You come in an hour or so before your breed is going to be shown. You get the dog brushed up for the last time around, and you show your dog. When you're done, you can walk out the door. 
Go home. As long as you didn't go breed. If you won everything in your breed, you stay for group level, which is later on. Mm -hmm. At a bench show, literally, there are benches set up. This is um, little two-by-fours with boards on them that are set for you to put your dog on so people can come and see the dog, can walk up and say, oh, do you own this dog? Can I pet this dog? Why is this dog this good? Why does he have all these ribbons? You can interact with the people that are showing the dogs or breeding the dogs. You take advantage of that? You bet we do. Okay. Uh, the dog is to be on his bench. Usually the hours are from 9 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Dog is there all day. Well, before I go to the show, I take the judging program and mark the breeds I want to see this time. Mark the breeds that I want to talk to breeders. Mm -hmm. Because in order to be a good judge, you have to keep current in what is happening in the breed. Yeah. You have to see the good dogs so that you know you're selecting the good dogs, that you're pointing out good breeding stock for that particular breed. That's what our job is as a judge. Right. Select the best breeding stock. So it, it, it will have echoing, if you will, throughout the whole country because individuals that come and see those things that happen to be a judge just like you now have some benchmark to work from. Yes, and not only judges like me, but people who are looking for breeding stock. Ah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. remember, yeah. that's what the game is about. Yeah. It's selecting the proper specimen, using that for a proper breeding and selecting proper puppies, and it goes on generation after generation after generation. I, I have a question. So you've been doing this for 33 years, and we commonly refer to the term gene pool. You know, what, what do you feel um, impressed, discouraged? Uh, talk to your emotions about how you feel the gene pool of these breeds of dogs have come. Have they come a long ways forward? Has there been some regression? How is the pool? Um, the pool is very healthy. Okay. Uh, people who breed dogs pay very close attention to health issues with their breeds. They're not only trying to produce a dog that physically fits the breed standard, they have to mentally and health-wise mm -hmm. be a good animal. Mm -hmm. And so they keep in mind when they're breeding that uh, a particular dog is producing certain characteristics but his brother produced something I don't want, so I'm going to have to look at this very carefully. You make choices. You know, mm -hmm. every dog is not perfect. When the perfect dog is made, we stop dog shows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why winning at shows like this is so prestigious, I would imagine, is because then all of a sudden you've got a worldwide pool of people who are interested in sure. breeding their dogs with your champion. And that's where mm -hmm. the money aspect of dog breeding and dog shows really can become very, very large. I, I see Sue's reaction to your <laughs> statement, Lee. Yeah. I'm just curious to explore that because I think you might have hit a... Oh, a raw nerve. A, a raw sure. nerve. I'd like to I'd sure explore, I'd explore that raw nerve. Okay. Uh, people think there's a lot of money to be made <laughs> in dogs. that's where you're going. But yeah. you typically lose but money. But you typically are lucky if you break even. I understand. 
Uh, you have to love the sport. You have to love breeding, love raising little puppies, uh, getting them off on their way, and finding them proper homes. By the time you do that, uh, there's no profit. Right, right. Uh, we have a good time. We enjoy it. I have been breeding my particular breed for 50 years. I am lucky if I don't lose more than $1,000 a litter. <laughs> but I am very careful with what I do. I do all my health checks. I watch things very carefully. And people say, well, you know, you come down and sit. And basically at national specialties, people are dealing with their own breed, selecting breeding stock. I seldom breed to a male who is uh, under eight or nine. I want to see what he is producing, what mm. they are producing, what's coming down from mm. that third generation. And now this old stud dog is in my vision. Mm -hmm. Because two to three generation down, he's consistently producing what I am looking for. Mm -hmm. And then I will breed to him and select for what I was looking for. And you do this constantly. So it's not a project that you go look at a stud dog and say, oh, he looks wonderful. It's called breeding to the top runner. You don't breed to the top runner. You watch the top runner. You see what he's producing. Uh, one particular gentleman, I selected a male I was going to be using, and he would produce very nice puppies bred one direction and not, you know, they were good puppies, but not super puppies, another direction. And I finally talked to the breeder, which you have to do. You talk to the people that own these animals. And I said, what makes the difference between what your male is producing in this litter and what he's producing in that litter? And he looked me straight in the eye. He was a longtime breeder, just as I am, and said, if the bitch can stand on her own, he can put the spark. And that told me which bitch to send to him. Sent my little bitch off to Oklahoma. Sent. My husband drove her to Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, had my litter of puppies. Produced three champions that looked just like the puppies I selected when I was making decisions on this stud. Wow. That's very interesting. You know, it's a long-term process. And so when you talk 33 years... That's my education in judging. It's not particular to my own breed, but that must go on constantly to the day you quit judging. Hmm. You have to know what these breeds are doing, where they are going, where their problems are coming up, to know how to make your decisions in the ring. Now, one of the conflicts that I guess I need to understand is that you talk about staying current with what's going on in a breed, but yet you're trying to judge to a traditional standard that's been in place. And I guess I have a hard time understanding if it's a traditional standard, what could be the change? Because what I think of is we've talked with someone who goes to Europe in order to get German shepherds, mm -hmm. and he won't go to Germany anymore to get them because he said they're bred for show, whereas the ones in Poland and the Czech Republic are bred for working purposes mm -hmm. and are much more true to the previous breed standard. Yeah. Help me understand that nuance. Okay. The, the difference in the nuance is breeds try to breed to their standard, but individual persons 
will breed in slightly different directions. And you have to know that this particular breed is getting too tall on leg. Do not select the animals that are too tall on leg. It's not good for the breed standard. If you don't watch it, you might, because of other characteristics, select that long on leg dog. Mm-hmm. But being that you've been watching the breed and seeing that it's going in a non-traditional way, you can judge better okay. and keep it closer to the standard by not letting little pieces get away from you. Interesting. It's a, it's a fascinating thing that you go through. The amount of science that goes into it is really extraordinary. And another element of it, too, is behavioral. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how beautiful a dog is, if you put them in a show and they can't be uh, obedient and, frankly, one that warms up to the environment, then you're not going to win. And that's a big factor. Oh, Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, you have to remember different breeds are supposed to have different attitudes and different temperaments. Well taken. Point well taken. But, but is there some um, uh, breeding for a temperament? There's usually not breeding for. There's selection for. Selecting the specimen that has the temperament and the attitude that mm-hmm. you as a person want. Okay. Uh, I tell people with my own personal breed, this is to be a house dog primarily, although it has other businesses. Mm-hmm. If it can't be a good house dog, it's not a good dog mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Well, with the last minute we've got left, you're going to the show and you're planning on checking them out. Uh, what else are you going to do while you're in New York? Anything exciting? I always do other things. I come uh, on Thursday when the show is not till Monday. Okay. Wow. So Sue's hitting the town this weekend. You bet. (laughs) uh, The show is on Monday and Tuesday. I get in on Thursday. I am assisting with Meet Your Breeds, which is set up on Friday, and the show for that is on Saturday. I will probably hit one of several zoos in the area, which is one of my other little bad habits. Right. And also there are other shows. I have a list of 37 specialties that are happening at this same time. Simultaneously. That start on Friday and are running for the weekend. And I have to pick and choose which breeds I'm going to go watch this time. It sounds like Disneyland for Sue Sellers Rose. (laughs) And that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Thank you, Sue. And unfortunately, Rick, we are just out of time. So on behalf of our producer, Andy Warnock, Rick Proust, my co-host in the studio, this is Lee Cohen, wishing all of you a great week and a great weekend ahead. We'll talk next weekend on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And in the meantime, please, please take good care of your pets. Have a great weekend. Thank you.